Hello, my name is Kate Kimjill, and you're listening to the Remarkableness podcast. Today, I'm with the wonderful and remarkable Jackie Gorman. Jackie is a certified Jarmu practitioner specializing in postnatal binding, wrapping, and Jarmu massage in the sanctuary of the mum's home post birth. She is also a qualified pediatric infant massage instructor and consultant. Jackie's passion and focus lie with nurturing and caring for mums post-birth so they can look after themselves, their families and the new babies. She also has a strong focus on maternal anxiety and postnatal depression, having had her own experience with this often debilitating and distressing condition. Jackie's business is called Nurture by Touch. Jackie, it's lovely to be with you today. Uh, I've given a brief overview uh, of what you do and I'm really looking forward to hearing more about that a bit later. But let's start with a little bit of history and your background. You're from South Africa originally. I am, yeah. Thanks for having me today, It's lovely to see you. (laughs) So you you grew up there. Yes. And and you you were at school there. Yes, So at what sort of stage did you decide you wanted to spread your wings and and start travelling? Because you've done Um, a lot of that. Yeah, my my mum was the conservative side of the family, didn't want me to move. But dad, dad I think, was about nine or ten when they left England. And they moved to Africa. My mm. great my grandfather, um, after the Second World War, fell in love with Africa mm. and returned to England and just packed up the whole family in the 50s, I think it was. And wow. the whole family, that was about nine or ten, entered Africa. Mm. Um, Northern Rhodesia then, which is now uh, Zambia, and then eventually yes. they ended up in, in Rhodesia itself in Zimbabwe. And he was about, <clears throat> I think it was about... 21, and went straight down to Mossel Bay for a draftsmanship scholarship with, um, he was heading to be a, an architect and mm. went to go and work for Uncle Natey Myerson. And not long after he arrived in Mossel Bay, he, he met mum. Right. And he was he was more the, the free-spirited side of how I grew up. He, mm. he was open-minded, he had a wicked sense of humour, um, and he, he was always, when I was growing up, always said, you've got to spread your wings, you've got mm. to spread your wings. Mm. And, and I think it was about after I finished my studies in Stellenbosch and I came back to Mossel Bay to work for about a year, mm. I started the process of looking to work on ocean liners as a, a qualified esthetician. But it was a, an esthetician is a like a qualified um, skincare therapist right. or, a, or a simple term a beauty therapist. Okay. And we yeah. we started the paperwork. I remember Dad still sitting with me um, and doing the paperwork. But in in those years, they it was there was a lot of political issues and and they weren't accepting any South Africans. And I got quite a few um, no's and declines on my my paperwork. Right. And then yeah, one afternoon I was just sitting doing a manicure and pedicure in the clinic on a beautiful South African lady from Cape mm-hmm. Town who was there on holiday and she said oh um, a surrogate daughter of mine who's living in working in New York needs a, an au pair there is South African au pair is, is about to leave do you want me to organize a phone call oh. long story short mm-hmm. I ended up heading to Princeton right. an hour south of New York yes. um, via London First time I've ever got on a big plane and travelled. Yeah, so and I headed young. off as mm. an au pair and I was in, mm. in America for two years and worked for two families Goodness. as an au pair. Yeah. And travelling experience, were you? did you feel quite comfortable immediately? Or, or oh, yes. It, yeah. I mean, I was mm. scared, absolutely yeah. scared, you know, and just I remember, never forget that feeling walking around Heathrow. 
mm. and trying to find my connecting flight mm-hmm. to to New York yes. and it was an amazing feeling and yes. you know my mother was petrified mm. Mm. Uh, you know as I got on on the plane at our little regional airport mm. George and watching the family goodbye but I just and mom was in tears but dad mm. was just a yeah yeah, yeah. yeah there fun. you go go yeah, have fun go have fun yeah. so he was always like that you know it's a mixture isn't it it's <coughs> such a combination of, of part fear and yes. sadness at leaving and part such a thrill especially when you're Definitely. doing it on your own anyway because you don't have any responsibilities for anybody else it's just a, that's right yeah it's expensive mm, wonderful yeah. no, it was great so and it was a good two years two good mm. families and then and I know know you started um, really managing spas and setting up. So what, what stage did you do that then? So yeah, did you go back South to the, South Africa in yeah, between? After, or? after the, the two years of travel, mm. I did return to South Africa. Mm. Um, and in that space of, of the two years in America, I, I met my husband, Julian. Um, right. uh, my husband then, mm. uh, and he's Australian. And I met him in, in Boston. I had some time off and mm. I ended up north and I went to Boston and I, I met Julian in, in the youth hostel. Oh, right. So we mm. we spent the rest of that time in America together. Mm. We then headed to, to London. We worked in pubs together and we travelled around England and, mm. and Wales. And We did quite a bit in Europe. We went down to North Africa and then back to London. And then Julian stayed back to do another Christmas New Year season in the pub. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is always busy, busy which <laughs> is always easy. always great money always great yes. money to make as a as a backpacker. Yes. So by then Julia and I were about I was I would have been twenty three I think and, mm. or twenty two or twenty three and Julian would have been twenty three, twenty four. But I headed back home mm-hmm. to South Africa then. Um so by then I was a qualified aromatherapist, a reflexologist, a massage therapist and a and a beauty therapist. Mm-hmm. And I went back and I worked Went back and worked in Mossel Bay, my my town where I grew up, that's right, and went back to mum and dad. And um, early 1994, after that Christmas, New Year season, Julian finished up and he came down to South Africa, followed me out and he brought Mm. down two Kiwis and they we we traveled around South Africa I took them all around South Africa we had an amazing holiday together Mm. and um, Julian met my mum and dad and my brother and the family and he then headed back to Australia that's right he had to finish his mechanical engineering degree and I stayed back in South Africa and uh, we had this long distance relationship for about two years right and then, unfortunately, we sadly lost my my dad oh, in nineteen six. Yes, it was a massive. It was, yeah, he, he was, was only fifty three. Gosh, They're much too young. Yeah, mm. much too mm. young. And um, mm. him, dad, and I were extremely close. Mm. He was mm. he was half my life's foundations, mm. and he he was my the beginning of my journey. Mm. And and you know that part of my personality comes comes from dad. Mm. You know, mm. so it was a yeah, horrible, yeah, loss. horrible, mm. horrible time. And so moving forward a little bit, you, you obviously you got married to Julian um, yes. and you ended up in Singapore. Yes. And um, how long after you got there did you have Lockie, your little one? Um, I think after Jules and I got married in South Africa, we had about eight or nine years here in, in Australia and we headed off to London and Europe for three. And... I was around about 35 while in, in London that we, we started trying to have Lockie mm-hmm. and nothing was happening, nothing was happening and, and 
we both just quickly did the test to see if everything was okay physically mm. for both of us, if there was anything I needed to be aware of. And then we headed down to South Africa for two years and still continued to try. And then um, headed off as expats to Singapore. Mm-hmm. And at that stage I thought, well, wow, you know, Singapore, it's the, the gateway of the spy industry of Asia. I'm, I'm definitely going to go back to work. But I think it was like three or four months mm. after I got to Singapore. Mm. This is after almost five Just years of trying. Yeah, something must have been. Yeah. Something must have been in the Heine's chicken. Yeah. But yeah. after five years of trying mm. to have Lockheed mm, sort of, and and arriving mm. in Singapore, I don't know. I might have maybe I let go and thought because mm. we decided not to go down the IVF route. Right. It was a personal decision we made. Mm. We we spoke about adopting in Cambodia. Mm. Um, but then three months later, I fell pregnant with mm. Lockie. So he was born the same year I turned 40. So I was quite right. a okay. late, late bloomer mm. as a mother. Yeah. And you had, um, you had bad postnatal depression. I did. But was that, was it diagnosed quickly or did you, were you not really aware of what it, what it, what was happening to you? I don't, I don't think I knew or recognized it, but uh, if by memory, when I, when we came back here to Australia, when Lockie was five months old for my mum-in-law's seventieth, Julian knew already that that things weren't great. You know mm. that something is not not going well with Jackie, and he did turn to my sister-in-law, and Julian turned to Heather and said, "I don't know what to do. Please help." And after leaving. Australia after mom-in-law's 70th and we headed back to Singapore Heather kept in contact she mm-hmm. kept calling me and saying have you gone to your doctor have you gone to your doctor mm. and I did procrastinate I think Lockie must have been about one year old before I started going to talk to somebody really gosh a long time a long um, time mm, yeah and by mm. then um, and it was bad there was there was a lot of stuff happening you know there were I recall suicidal thoughts I recall which I didn't even talk to Julian about at that stage, you know, and I and I had such a blessed life, you know, it was mm-hmm. that expat life of I had a beautiful Filipino helper that I'm still very close to and friends with mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an idyllic life that that Julian was creating for us at that stage, and there was a there was a goal and a dream of what we were aiming for, but I for the life of me I could not see it. I mm-hmm. couldn't resonate with it. I I didn't. I didn't have mom around me. She did come out when mm. Lockie was six weeks old, and I was missing my friends, mom. I was missing Australia, my Australian friends, and my in-law family. And I just, I'm such a family girl mm. that I, I lacked that community feel mm. around me. I had mm. beautiful mothers group. Mm. On a Monday, we we got together with one month mothers group. On a Thursday, I had another mothers group, and I got together with them, and we still. From those mm. people, we're still really close friends, you know. But I kept everything inside. I still remember mm. some of those moms asking me, "Wow, you know, breastfeeding's going great for you, Jax. Mm. You know, you're okay." And how things? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm fine. Mm. I'm fine. Thanks. And it doesn't necessarily. I mean, even people with their. I know it's hard. I mean, having you know babies and young children overseas when you're away from your own family. Yes. Um, but it doesn't. Even having them around. 
um, I would say in many cases actually doesn't still doesn't really make the difference with, with postnatal depression. I mean, obviously it's lovely to have them there, yes. but it doesn't stop people from suffering from Correct. postnatal depression. Correct. Yeah. So, and we've sort of uh, we've we've missed. So you then did, you started to get help eventually. Yes, I started and, getting and help and eventually. What it was that was going yeah. on, mm. and I went. Mm. I did go on antidepressants, but it climaxed at its worst when Lockie was about two years old mm. and by then I'd started talking to my mom as well and mm. realized that one of mom started talking to me a bit about family history and I don't know if there's a predisposition I've done a lot of research into it now but I did an aunt of mine after having her third child in South Africa committed suicide oh, from postnatal gosh. depression right. and I did go to a very specific doctor in Singapore who was able to find that when, when after birth these very high levels of copper are just meant to deteriorate or, or, or minimize mm-hmm. and these very high levels of copper stayed as as resources in in my body now I don't have a complete full understanding about it and I still read up a lot about it but very very high levels of copper um, create variations of depression so this was one thing that was flagged up we got the copper Mm. under control she helped me a a lot Mm. we we looked at all hormonal avenues avenues of restoring the body we looked at uh, chemical avenues of restoring the body by getting certain metals down and and Mm. and balancing things out by nutrition and getting me back into exercise as well Mm. had a a huge effect on me which was great yeah um but I would have been on, on antidepressants, I think, for about 18 months right. um, before I started coming off them and getting a better understanding about postnatal depression mm. at that stage, mm. Sean. And that was around about when Lucky was two. Right. Because I think also there's, there's often a perception, too, that postnatal <coughs> depression is something that happens for the first six months or whatever, and then suddenly people get better. No, there's, but a, there's a delayed but it, reaction, yeah, too, yeah, depending. Yeah, yeah. But it's such mm, a personal mm, journey. Mm, you can have mm, it within those first three months, the first mm. six months. Then when when breastfeeding stops and your baby goes on solids, there's another transition that a woman's body goes through as well. Yeah, um, or if you have done nothing about it and you've kept this internally and you've internalized it for such a such a long period of time um there's also the repercussions 18 months two years down the track as well uh, through the research and reading Mm -hmm. that i've done so far and Mm -hmm. also the help that i've had of of um talking to mentors or talking Mm -hmm. to a psychologist Mm -hmm. about postnatal depression do you think there's a greater awareness say here in Australia about for people to look out for it I mean because we don't have long-term care really for mums and babies do we so um, I mean no. once you've been discharged and um, yes. and it appears to be going fine then that's it really yes. as far as, as as having anyone around who actually might pick it up or recognize yes. it yes mm. I, lo- I mean even since being home now for three years back my second home Australia mm. The resources out there and the support systems for the babies are amazing. Mm. They, they, there is so much, and they're so well cared for after they're born. Um, but my honest opinion for mums, yes, we are talking about it a lot more. Yes, mm. we are a lot more aware of it than my mother's era or my grandmother's era. Mm. But we still, as women, feel, or as mums, that we have to internalize things, that we have to be strong, that we have to get on with things. Mm. Um, and even in our mother's groups that we 
foster and collect after we've come out of out of hospital or from our antenatal classes we sometimes even even hold back and we we even mm-hmm. hide it back from from those support systems yeah yeah and i still don't think mums are are being focused on or taken care of the way I believe in the way I I got to see and experience mm. myself in Asia, which mm. which was a profound effect on me. Besides mm. going through postnatal depression and having to go on something just to get me through the worst, mm. I was also very blessed to be faced with with a support system that our Western culture mm. doesn't um, necessarily have and an understanding about or necessarily have time for as and well. And this, this is, you mean, immediately after you gave birth? This yes. is actually coming to yes. now what you're providing for yes. other for yes. other new mums here. So, tell us, so tell us a bit about that. And did you, was it offered to you or did you actually actively go out and look for something or how, how did that? No, Julie and I were doing some wonderful antenatal classes at a business called um, Parent Link mm. in Singapore. Mm. And during the time period there, I got to meet some of the, the mums that became part of my mother's group eventually, mm. but also I met the most beautiful Malay uh, Singaporean woman called called Hannah. And Hannah is is a massage therapist, mm. which is also what we what my term is sort of um, little guru around doula services. Right. And she's a she's a mother, she's a grandmother, mm. and we got talking. And you know, I had a couple of antenatal massages or uh, prenatal massages with her. She was she was there at one of the workshops one day, um, <clears throat> which is owned by by uh, an American lady, and she was just part of the workshop doing some talks. Mm. And after the workshop was completed, I remember standing there with Hannah and chatting to her and saying, yeah, I'd love some massages with you. Mm-hmm. But then we grew very, very close. She got an understanding of my background and my therapy work, and mm. we connected on a, on a different level, you know. And she said to me, well, can I talk to you about something? And that started the conversation of this ancient, ancient ritual of care that has been part of the Malay, the Indonesians, the Chinese, and the Hindu for centuries and centuries and centuries, mm-hmm. where well, in Asia it's called confinement. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we, a lot of us here in Australia have heard of that term as well. Yes, without really probably understanding exactly, yes, exactly broad. what it means. <laughs> it's quite broad. A bit of quiet time after the baby's born and that's yes, it. Really. Yes, you do not yes. move. The, the no. family descend mm. upon the mother. Mm. They cook for her. There's confinement food. There's, mm. a, there's also a lot of... Um, spiritual, religious, and and um, sort of rituals that have been part of the family for many years. So mm-hmm. the food is all about keeping mum's body warm. They are full of herbs. Mm-hmm. They are full of nutrients, and they highly, highly nutritious. Mm-hmm. And they are meant to support lactation. So right. you've got you've got in-law mum or maybe mum mm-hmm. just doing all the cooking. Mm-hmm. They're, they're mm-hmm. cleaning the house. They do not receive any visitors. Right. The mm-hmm. mother may not move for about a month. Her right. sole focus is to sleep and heal after giving birth mm-hmm. um, and for lactation and breastfeeding to successfully find its rhythm yeah. in that month. The family even come and take the baby off her and settle the baby for her. Mm. Mm. And she then gets to rest and sleep and heal after giving birth. They also do a very, very profound treatment on the mother. And that's how the conversation started with Hannah. Mm. And she said to me, once your son is born, would you like me to come to your home 
and take care of you mm. for, for two weeks and introduce you to this treatment ritual of care post-birth. And this was my introduction into into Jamu. Right. Okay. So Jamu mm-hmm. is sort of an all-encompassing word. It's it's a very specific massage. Mm. It is the Jamu application of of specific herbs, botanicals, and plants onto the abdominal area, depending on your symptoms post birth. Right. Uh, also, your birth experience. Mm-hmm. And then it's two layers of extreme tightly bound bandages and wraps from the lower rib cage all the way down to the pelvic area. Okay. Um, and Hannah, Hannah was with me every single day for mm. two weeks. Um, she helped settle Lockie. She taught mm. me a lot. Mm. Um, I was prepared with my background. I was prepared for the, the physical mm. benefits that I was going to receive. Like mm. That was clear to me. I understood yeah. what was going to happen post-birth. Um, the repositioning of the uterus and ovaries. Mm. I remember those headaches and those because I had a Lockie's Lockie's birth was thirty six hour labour and on twenty four hours I had an epidural. But then unfortunately Lockie turned on me and we were back to back, so he had to get helped out by vacuum. Mm. Um, and that, I think that was around about thirty six hours, and. I had severe, severe back pain at at the end of that when I was home, and also these unusual aches through my knees, ankles, uh, wrists, and joints. Mm. And physically, that's where where Hannah helped. Right. So, right. slept really well. Uh, the headaches subsided. Those the constipation settled. Water retention settled. The abdominal area and comfort of the uterus and ovaries, I could feel that area becoming a lot more healed. Um, There was post-birth detoxification. Um, Those aching joints of the ankles, the knees and the wrists subsided. And I also, when Hannah started working on me with her fingers, there was a a three-finger split in my abdominal rectus muscle. And by the end of the two weeks, we were down to one finger. So there's an aesthetic side of healing Mm. and a physical side of healing. Mm. Mm. But what I wasn't prepared for, even though later down the track, I did end up with postnatal depression. Mm. But what I wasn't prepared for was the... amazing emotional and mental support that mm. was generated in those first two weeks mm. of of Hannah being there you know you you don't have your friends you don't yeah. have your mother mm. you don't have your mom-in-law or or anything and, and I think it is mums and mums-in-laws in in some cases who are the ones who understand that that actually everybody else is so interested in the baby yes and so that's where the focus is nearly always but it yes. is for, for mum to have that focus and as you say for you know you didn't have yours there and a lot of people don't unfortunately because of the way we yes. you know live and where we live and all the rest of it, we don't have our mums around and so there is an expectation just to sort of get on with it yes um yes of course sleep when you can but when you're not sleeping you're doing the, yeah, you know, you the washing get, and the, get on with life. Yeah, as even, well as actually you know yeah even yeah. back here now along the mm. northern beaches mm. life is so transient mm. the, the expat communities here there's there's not a day that goes by that i'm talking to a woman or mm. a family where they're saying gosh i miss my family exactly. i miss yeah. my mother mm. Mm. um mm. we are all over the world now mm. and and mm. Those years of, of having a very, very strong, knit family and community base around you, mm. it's it's getting less and less. Mm. You know, A lot of people are crying out for it, for mm. it to come back into their life and understanding the importance of, of family and mm. friends and a community around you. 
Mm. When you go through transitions in life or when you become a dad or when you become a mum, mm. you know, those those elements that, that I remember growing up with as a child and having around me through my mother and father, mm. they become very important to you the older you get, yeah. you know. And, yeah. Yeah, and I think looking back now, I I did battle with expat life, mm. definitely. Mm. And, and becoming a mum, I don't know, maybe becoming a mum so late in my life mm, as yes, well. Mm. I don't know, mm. yeah. Mm. yeah okay. And the, so going back, I mean, I'm intrigued, and I, I, you know, we'll get onto that as well, exactly what you're doing for, for, for mums now, new mums now, but the bandages and the, the direct, was yes. that, did that feel comfortable? I mean, was that a... It took two. Mm. I remember clearly. It took two two treatments mm. to get used to. But mm-hmm. I remember I felt like a little Michelin man. Yeah. Hannah had to help me up because we were we work, which is what I do now. Mm. I work on on the ground on a big, big, soft, comfortable futon. I had some mattress, mm. which is large enough for me, mum, and bub. Oh, but man. I remember Hannah used to always help me up from the ground, you know, <laughs> and then she'd bind me so tightly into this mm. little Michelin mama. And it took about two sessions. I could walk around the house comfortably. Mm. I could mm. breastfeed Lockie quite comfortably. Mm. Um, I would go downstairs and, and cook with my beautiful Filipina helper, Jenny. Mm. Um, and also now, you know, when I talk to mums back, back home here, it's and also you can get in the car and go and drive, no problem. Right, because so it doesn't last, limit you in that No, respect, it doesn't limit no. you in that. Mm. It, it, was, it was in the evenings, going to mm. bed, and just getting mm. yourself into a position. I ended up on my back with a, a cushion between my knees or a cushion mm. under my knees to stabilize the mm. hip area. Mm. But um, very comfortable, the sensation, and, you know, 24 hours later before Hannah would arrive that's when you take everything off you jump in a shower you remove everything you wash your hair and your body Mm -hmm. and Hannah arrived with a a new set of bandages yeah and she took those Mm -hmm. the others home Mm -hmm. um so very comfortable there there wasn't a time that I thought Hannah I can't do this anymore Mm -hmm. you've got to Mm -hmm. take this off or Mm -hmm. I'm not enjoying this no Mm -hmm. it was a comfortable sensation Mm -hmm. because it locked in your core and it supported your lower back I always remember thinking how it pulled back my shoulders, how it made me mm. think of my posture mm. and how it made me think of my pelvic area and how it also helped me to do my little core muscle exercises as well, which they always tell us is important after childbirth. Of course it is, and it's often difficult if you're feeling tired and whatever. It's, so, yeah, you know, it's just exactly. those sorts of, the sorts of things one just doesn't do. Cause no, so once, the, band- <laughs> right. once the bandages yeah. are on, and then mm. I also have this physiotherapy um core support girdle which locks in the lower back and locks mm. in the core you're so aware of your posture so for the long term as well it's excellent in yes, that respect very much so from a healing point of view so you then in the years that I've known you you, you know courageously came here you had a very unhappy split um, having you know been in what you felt was I a, was a wonderful one. family you know and, and marriage and, yes. and that sort of came yes. to and then and lucky with my life yeah yeah so it's been a really it's been a tough time and you moved back from Singapore to here yes um, after losing mm. my marriage um packed up and I almost went home I did Mm. go home for a month Mm. and I almost returned to my mother in South Africa um but I did make a decision to rebuild try and rebuild my life here back Mm. in Australia so Mm. I came back with Lockie and we've been along the northern beaches now for three years Mm. And um, I remember when, and it's on the website there, a little bit about my story, but I'll never forget, I had boxes all around me. And one of the first things, as I was at the kitchen, I pulled out this whiteboard. And I stuck this whiteboard up against the wall near the kitchen. And there were tears streaming down my face. Just 
glass of red wine in my hand, <laughs> thinking that I've, I've, I've lost my, my soulmate, my best friend that I wanted to grow old with. And I thought, firstly, I'd, I was focused on still fighting for my marriage mm-hmm. and, and wanting to try and get Julian back to Australia. I remember that clear thought in my head. But then I wrote this really ad hoc business model with a red wine in, in my hand. hand. <laughs> and I drew this very simple business model on that on that whiteboard mm. about this seed that mm. Hannah planted in me. Mm. I always knew that at some stage of my life I wanted to do a three sixty and come back to using my hands, you know, because mm. throughout Europe I ended up doing sales and marketing and training and I was project director for a spa design and consultancy company and mm-hmm. I over the years finished my masters of marketing and management degree so I left my hands years ago yeah and I stayed in the spa and the wellness industry but I always thought to myself one day I really want to care for people again mm. I'll, I'll never forget that feeling mm. and that model was drawn up and it was the seed that Hannah planted that I really wanted to be there for mums when they got home after giving birth and my sole focus is to take care of them Um, because that feeling of nurture and care that Hannah gave me for those two weeks and and there was she's you know after the two weeks she was there still twice a week then Mm. once a week and twice a month Mm. and once a month Um, so we were together for quite a long time from a, a maintenance perspective too and I just really wanted to care for mums so that they could take care of their babies mm. and their families if they felt they were grounded and cared for and managing a profound change that happens in yeah. you as a woman, hormonally, um, mentally, even chemically after mm. after giving birth. Mm. So um, I drew that model. That was in 2014, the end of 2014. 2015 I stayed focused on getting Lockie settled and Mm. happy and then in 2016 I just found a very simple office admin job which was absolutely beautiful uh, bunch of people Um, couldn't have done me it just it was so perfect perfect yeah Yeah. Mm. so 2016 2017 I worked for him three days a week just doing an office admin role mm. and putting and walking past that whiteboard mm. every single mm. day looking at that picture <laughs> and he just kept looking at me kept looking at me mm. kept looking at me and you've done it and I, I mean you've really, it, you have yeah. done it and you've got it going yeah. And, yeah. And, and so so I mean I know it look at it you know it hasn't been easy and you've and you've put you've put the pieces together now pieces um, together. And, and your business is called Nurture by Touch Nurture by Touch yes. and so yes. tell us I mean, you've obviously explained what Hannah did for you Yes. But but if you were looking after a new mum, yes. what, what would you be? What exa- you know? What would be the process? What would you be doing for her? On a so daily the core basis? focus of mm. nurture by touch is the mother. So mm. I am with mum every single day for mm. two weeks, mm-hmm. um, except weekends. Um, every day for about two to three hours mm-hmm. where this Jamu. So I went back to Singapore and qualified as a Jamu practitioner. Mm-hmm. So. Um, 
it's the treatment starts with the healing massage called jamu mm. um, after the whole body is treated the abdominal area depending on the symptoms and the birth experience i work with aboriginal indigenous ingredients mm. um, okras okay so local. herbs mm. yes mm. yes not indonesian mm. i work with australian herbs and plants mm. and botanicals mm-hmm. and beautiful aboriginal uh, indigenous uh, okras mm. and depending on the symptoms and the birth birth experience that mum went through um, and a comprehensive consultation um, I select what's required and that gets applied to the abdominal area mm. and then mum does get bound tightly mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. two layers of, of my uh, bandages mm-hmm. and wraps mm. and then right at the end uh, a lower back core support girdle um, we also have a beautiful um, at the end a breathing and meditation session together um, if baby wakes up we work mm. within the rhythms of the new baby so mm. I'll go and fetch the baby for mum mm. I work around mum while she breastfeeds on the shahatsu massage mattress mm. um, sometimes we leave the baby there because after feeding they're so alert and mm. it's a wonderful mm. time for, for bonding and yeah. connection between mum and the baby yes. so yes. the baby stays there while I work around the two of them yes. and then we just watch the cues and, and mm. when the little one's ready I'll take the baby and go and settle the baby for mum mm. and sometimes when I return to the room where I'm treating is, is mum's fallen asleep yes. which is just yeah. fantastic, yeah. makes me very happy mm-hmm. um, sometimes mum's still awake I'll continue the treatment and finish up and then just I get and I stay within their home in the sanctuary of their home they don't mm. come to me so I get up and I make a um, very special herbal tea that supports lactation I bring that to mum as well mm. and there's, been, there's times that I've, I've walked away where she's fast asleep <laughs> yeah yeah mum said that to me as well yes, you know, so yes. So the core focus mm. is mum mm. and taking care of her physically. Mm. So there's, we haven't spoken much about it, but there, there is the, the space that I work in is maternal anxiety and, and helping and being there through any changes from a postnatal depression point of view mm. and, and talking about it, getting the communication, getting the flow of talking about it. Um, and another area that, because I meet a lot of the husbands as well, mm. And having the ability to talk to them because there's two people, you know, that go through changes. Mm -hmm. He's going to become a dad as well, whether it's the first, second or third. And Mm -hmm. how he's able to support her, Mm -hmm. but also at the same time, how postnatal depression can can also affect the husband. Mm -hmm. Um, And we talk about that. We, We take a look at any elements and then go down the avenues of any professional care that's needed or yeah. any alarm bells yeah. that do step up mm. or sort of rear its rear its head mm. is to be able to talk about that openly that and go and get help mm. for that. And um, baby massage also. Yeah, and, that's, you do, and you teach that That's as the well, other side you? of my so, business, mm, yeah. Mm. So um, I qualified as a paediatric infant massage instructor and a mm. consultant, a PMC, through the infant um, massage information um, uh, service here in Mm. Australia I think that was also in 2015 and um, I teach mothers groups or privately with mum and dad Mm. um, uh, baby massage techniques to be able to um, get the bonding happening Mm. between the baby Mm. and the parents there's there's numbers and numbers of benefits Mm. uh, around baby massage Mm. um, Mm. which we can talk about later if you want to but 
Um, the PMC side is also being able to go into any health clinics and working with professionals like mm-hmm. midmi- midwives or any health professionals that want to draw on the understanding of the benefits of baby massage within their clinics as well. Right. That's right. the consultancy side. Yeah. Yeah. The instruction side is working with mums and dads mm. and teaching them baby It massage. sounds like an amazing package. I mean, it really, you know, that you're providing. And I don't think I'd quite I quite, quite understood the, the length of the emotional side as well, actually, that, you know, the benefit there and having you there, and especially actually having had your experience too, because it's all, you know, having been through... Um, postnatal depression yourself in much deeper understanding than somebody obviously who hasn't so um, and it's, yeah uh, and I, I mm. just feel so passionately about mm. working in this in this space mm. I really want to mm. be there for mum mm. um, and your vision therefore I mean do you have a the, the, the sort of long term vision of what your there's a bigger picture what, yeah I bet there is there is a bigger picture <laughs> <laughs> the 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 ball has started rolling mm. yeah so um I can't talk about it okay. now because there's no, a lot of IP, IP yeah, stuff okay. involved at the fair moment. Enough. But, but watch the work- space. Watch, watch the space. Definitely, there's a, there's a bigger, mm. a much bigger picture. Wonderful. So we're gonna mm. we're gonna work on on um, education, the understanding of the care that's required for mums out there. That we, mm. I feel in my heart that we're just not quite getting right mm. yet. Mm. Um, and then from there. Um, just being able to have those support and resources together for us. So, and what has helped is obviously the personal journey. Yeah, exactly. Um, experiencing mm. this treatment, mm. um, seeing the full scope of confinement care in mm. Asia, mm. Um, and also um, going through maternal anxiety, going mm. through postnatal depression, yeah. uh, going through reflux with, mm. with Lockie, mm. um, realizing how um, baby massage helped Lockie and I, mm. how baby massage helped me with maternal anxiety. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, another thing that was quite beneficial for Lockie was working with a pediatric osteopath. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, he, he helped Lockie's reflux as mm. well. So mm. it, it became a, this journey and package for me, and, and there were elements that brought about the birth of Nurture by Touch. Yeah, and I think it sounds absolutely wonderful. And uh, just Thanks, in Kate. finishing, um, what, what, how can people contact you? I mean, we'll put, we'll put the details up on the site. What's the best way for people to contact you? Um, through the website, mm-hmm. nurturebytouch.com.au, mm-hmm. or directly uh, mm-hmm. to my email or mobile number. Email mm-hmm. is info at nurturebytouch.com.au, Great. and uh, my mobile is, is on we'll the website. Put, we'll, we'll put that yeah, up as well. So yeah. Thank you so much. I, honestly, I think me. you're providing such a, an amazing service, and it sounds like it's going to grow into something you know extraordinary for people. And, uh, I, I think hope it's so. Wonderful. I, so I wish so. you all the very, very best. Thanks, Kate. Thank you Thanks so much, Jackie. Me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Remarkableness podcast today with me, Kate Gingell, and my guest, Jackie Gorman. If you'd like to contact Jackie or know of anybody who might like to find out more about the wonderful services she has to offer, uh, Jackie's website is www.nurturebytouch.com.au. Thanks for listening and see you next time.